Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White. An on-demand audio presentation of RedPeachSports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. give him a chance be 2-0 and at that point I think you create a little bit of a buzz obviously it's going to be hard going to College Station but then in week number four at least you have that build up then 2-1 and one, you got Troy one of the better teams if not the best team in the conference coming to your place you have an opportunity early on in that year to create that buzz and of course generate some excitement at the beginning of the year I think if you can go 2-2 two and two to start the year if you split the Southern Miss Troy game that that'd be a huge success. I mean, I said the same thing about the Saints a year ago with their top four games. Yeah. I think if they go two and two, they split it. It sets up a really nice year for ULM. Unfortunately for their schedule, if they get that buzz at the beginning of the year, then literally they go on the road for another month before they'll be at home between September 22nd, Troy, and then you get Texas State October 20th. So that doesn't exactly set up well just to keep things rolling along, but. At least they have that opportunity at the beginning of the year to kind of get off on the right foot. The Morning Drive returns after this in the 8 o'clock hour. Nick White, the voice of the Warhawks, will actually join us at 8.30. Your calls, your questions, your comments, always welcome at 888-993-7762. We're back after this. I'm Steve Weissman with NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The holdout of Raiders All-Pro Khalil Mack shows no sign of ending. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reports that the two sides aren't even talking right now. And there is, quote, no optimism a new contract extension will get done anytime soon. Elsewhere, Steelers wideout Antonio Brown tweeted to Des Bryant on Sunday, telling the free agent receiver to come to Pittsburgh. It's unclear if the Steelers have any interest in Bryant. Pittsburgh did get some good news on guard Ramon Foster. He'll only be out four to five weeks with a hyperextended knee. Foster was carted off the practice field on Saturday. Meantime, Bucks first-round pick Vita Vea was carted off the field on Sunday. The team later said the defensive tackle suffered a calf strain. And Chargers tight end Austin Roberts tore his ACL at practice. He's the second Bolts tight end to suffer a season-ending knee injury following starter Hunter Henry. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Walgreens has good news for anyone managing diabetes. We've got your back. That's right. Walgreens pharmacists are here to consult with you in person and answer any questions you may have about new and existing medications. You can even get free advice from our trusted experts day and night at Walgreens.com or the mobile app. Walgreens has all major brands of diabetes testing supplies like AccuCheck and Walgreens Dreametrics. That's not just good news, it's great news. Stop by and talk to your Walgreens pharmacist today. Walgreens, trusted since 1901. If you know how to pick something up and put it in a bucket, you know how to save 20%. This week only, buy a Napa bucket for $2.99, fill it to the top, and boom. 
You're a savings genius. So hurry in and save, because the Napa 20% off deal ends soon. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating stores, exclusions apply. Minimum three items. Offer available July 23rd. It's 8 o'clock at KNBB Dubak Rustin Monroe. Time for the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fabulous job at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. Uh, we're talking a little college football, Jake, and uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the show, of course, Dalvin Hutchinson, the big defensive lineman from West Monroe, verbal commitment over the weekend to the Raging Cajuns. Uh, Shay Dixon actually has a story out on 247 Sports talking about how the Cajuns rolled on the recruiting trail over the week. Uh, six commits, now four commits they received on Sunday. If you're into this sort of thing, uh, according to 247 Sports, they now have the number one recruiting class in the Sun Belt Conference at the end of July. Yeah. <laughs> That's something. Yeah. But can you hold on to those commitments? Yeah. That's what it's all about. Randy says, I agree with you totally about the Southern Miss game. It could be the switch that turns the team on for this year in yeah. regards to UNM. Yeah, so uh, there was some other college football news this past weekend. Christian Fulton, the LSU cornerback who has been ineligible for, I believe, 18, 19 months now. <laughs> um, his lawyer is – has been working on reopening the case and getting him eligible for this football season. Now they've heard Friday that the NCAA has scheduled a hearing that could possibly happen this week, uh, which would give them another opportunity to win the case and get him eligible for this upcoming football season. All right, Jake, let's revisit this storyline. Why was he ruled ineligible and then ruled ineligible by the NCAA for a whopping Two years. Whopping two years. So he was accused of, uh, he allegedly used someone else's urine uh, for a drug test. I think this is when he was coming out of high school. And so. This could have been you, Jake. This could have been me. <laughs> this could have been me. So he could have had the same issue I had, Aaron. <laughs> Stage, Stage fright. Stage fright, yeah. Or dehydrated. It's one of those. <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway. It's still awesome that you told that story. In case you missed it, uh, Jake, uh, for his we were uh, talking about for his physical, physical uh, some reason he could not pee in the cup. So he said, oh, no problem. I'll just have one of my buddies do it for me. That's Jake's story. Oh, okay. You're making it a little bit more simpler uh, <laughs> than it actually was. But uh, at the end of the day, I was a stupid ninth grader yes. getting pee from someone else. This could have been huge for Vidalia. Man, I. I could have. Yeah. Who knows? LHSA would have cracked down. You could have been eligible for four and this years. This wasn't even a close friend. This was a guy <laughs> like I barely knew. I didn't know what he was doing on the weekends. Man, that could have ended really yes, poorly. Yes, it could have been me. horrible, Jake. It really could have really changed your life. It could have. Like this kid. I mean, he got now two years where he's literally the NCAA brought the hammer. Yeah. Um. So if he's, I'll talk about it. Of course, for the kid, you know. You hope he he gets it straight and he's able to play. In LSU's case, if he's eligible, if they get some good news this week, this changes quite a bit, I think, because I'm already high on that front seven. I think your concerns are the depth. 
in the secondary and, and more specifically at cornerback. If he's able to lock down that other cornerback position opposite of Greedy Williams. Isn't that putting a lot of pressure on a kid that now has been out of football for... It is, and I wonder how that affects him. But, I mean, he's still been practicing with these kids. I mean, he's still been... You you know, you're still going up against elite athletes at practice. I mean, that's why people are so high on uh, Braden Fajoko and Jonathan Giles. We haven't seen these guys play in over a year either. Mm -hmm. But they've been practicing. They've been tearing up the practice field. So... I think if if he's eligible, you lock down another corner, and then you've got guys like John Trey Kirkland and Kerry Vincent vying for that nickelback spot. All of a sudden, your secondary looks pretty dang good. Uh, Marcel joins us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. Marcel, what's on your mind today, bud? Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, just wanted to give a shout-out to Joseph Hodge House to uh, – Set a record this year, this past couple of weeks, by having their fourth player, their fourth athlete, sign a scholarship in one year. That's not bad for a Class A student, huh? No, very good. This uh, this is this this last one is uh, Tavion Tate. He had been the starting quarterback at Joseph Hodge the last two years. Uh, before at the beginning of the season last year, got asked to move to receiver and defensive back, so uh, that. Incoming junior Reggie Shallahorn, who this year is, according to a couple of recruiting uh, networks, or is like the fourth-ranked player from North Louisiana and the top-ranked quarterback in North Louisiana this year. Uh, he'll be a senior this year. We're looking for big things from him. But Tavion Tate will be going to Lane College, uh, HBCU University out of Tennessee. Uh, he'll join uh, Kelton. Well, what was Kelton's alignment from from Dover Hodge um, that had tried earlier in the year, and is also with the uh, two women that from Dover Hodge, Capricia Cowens who went to ULL, and Alana Ewan Lewis who went to Southern in Shreveport. That gives Dover Hodge four athletes uh, that to earn college scholarships, uh, which is the second most ever in the history of Dover Hodge for that and uh i think quite an accomplishment for a little class a school for sure uh some big expectations i guess for uh, the football squad this year really are really are uh, coming off a nine and four season uh quarterfinal appearance first winning season that Jonesboro hodge has had since 2009 and the first quarterfinal appearance since 2005 uh two of the best playmakers in north louisiana without a question uh, as I mentioned, Shallowhorn, he passed for almost 1,100 and rushed for another 800 more. Uh, he's getting a lot of looks from schools like uh, ULL, uh, ULEM. Uh, I know I've talked to him. Uh, several SWAC schools have talked to him. Uh, you also have Cam Booker, uh, tailback, uh, who rushed for just close to 1,300 yards last year. Uh, with an average year, that'll give him close to over 4,000 for his career. His father was a tremendous back, led Jones Hodge to a state championship, the first of three state championships they won in the 80s and played at Gremlin State, so good pedigree there. Um, also another defensive back that came from Texas last year named Dre Hall, who was just one of the most exciting players that you'd want to see. Kickoff returner, defensive back, receiver, running back. Uh, really, really excited about 
about the potential this year and hoping to to take Haynesville off of their throne. They've won the District 1, 1A championship for 12 straight years. You can believe that. Uh, and it looks like finally somebody has a shot to dethrone them. Marcel, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you for the update. Thank you, guys. Man, Jonesboro Hodge, they were the surprise of the of the, of the year last year, football season. Um, yeah, expect big things out of them. All right, where were we, Aaron? Uh, you were breaking down your beloved uh, LSU Tigers. Oh, I just wanted to talk about this this Fulton thing because I already said if he's back, I think that, that secures that corner spot. But if he's not, that's a big position battle this fall. If he, for some reason, isn't granted eligibility, if he still has to sit out, you're looking at a couple of guys at that other cornerback position. I think um, Kerry Vincent's probably – the leader right now, which doesn't mean much because they still have to win the job. I but don't want to throw you off track, but uh, Cam Lewis, former Washington standout, where they got him at now? And is he still buried on the depth chart? He is. And at what point does perhaps he start thinking, well, it may be some time to look on to somewhere else? I'm honestly you know, kind of surprised that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's still just kind of buried in the depth chart, um, you know. Hasn't seen I knew the transition was going to be tough for him just uh, because, you know, moving full-time to DB, to safety, because, you know, he played majority of the time offensively for Waspin. But, I mean, literally, you're looking at, what, he's in his third year now down at LSU? Yeah. Um, but, ho- you know, hopefully he gets an opportunity. Yeah. Hopefully something happens to where he does get that chance. But, yeah, I've been kind of <clears throat> watching that because, you know, you hear people discuss these position battles. He's rarely brought up. Yeah, he's an incredible athlete. He is. He's a tremendous athlete. But fortunately, I don't. I don't know. Something hasn't hasn't clicked there. I wasn't trying to derail your thought there. Well, that's fine. Yeah. I was just, when you're talking about guys in the secondary with a local tie-in. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I get it. But if you're looking at who's going to start opposite of Greedy, I think Kerry Vincent has a good chance to do so. Um, I mean, here's a guy who you know he made three starts at nickel last year. Um, but then you, you, you think about Terrence Alexander. This is the other big splash I thought Orgeron made this offseason. He got Joe Burrow, but he also got Alexander from Stanford, who has, you know, he, he had an injury last year, but he has a lot of experience playing at Stanford, so maybe he's the guy. And, it, and I would I think it would be best served if he was the guy because then you could have Vincent and John Trey Kirkland rotate in that nickelback spot. But it's it, it, this is all just to say that Fulton coming back to the team and, and getting – granted that eligibility it really would be huge i'm not overselling that because he once upon a time he was the number one five five star guy he was coming in as one of the top recruits in the country the top cornerback and so if you have a guy of that caliber opposite of greedy because greedy's going to get the best receiver right so NCAA, they work in mysterious ways, but you would certainly think they would evaluate this situation and figure this was a pretty harsh ruling to start off with, right? I think so. Two years. Does it help that, of course, Ross Nellinger, he moves on from the advocate, and, of course, his tie-ins now, he's working for Sports Illustrated. He goes ahead and does a pretty in-depth story about the case of him and how it, it, you know, the harsh penalty that came down. So could the public backlash against the NCAA actually work in his favor? I think so. I think it helps, and it doesn't hurt. Uh, but I don't know if that's going to sway you know anybody in this case or not. But the lawyer has said all along that he thought he could win this case. Mm. And I know that's <laughs> they're going to say that, right? But, uh, 
Hey, he seemed pretty dang confident. Um, but we'll see. We'll see if it happens if they open it up this week. Anyway, that was one of the, the biggest um, position battles I see. And Richie's Texas says, LSU also lost uh, prize recruit John Emery to Georgia over the weekend. Yes, uh, John Emery was just recently named a, a five-star uh, running back. We said this earlier in the show that he picked Georgia, um, which is big. LSU needs a big running back. They haven't gotten one in a couple of years. And so now they focus on Noah Kane at IMG. Maybe they can get him. 888-993-7762. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we'll talk a little uh, NFL. You'll hear from Sean Payton and former ULM great Doug Peters. Nick White will join us at the bottom of the hour for his weekly visit. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Back after this. Welcome back to the show. Let's talk a little uh, NFL. Doug Peters and, of course, the toast of Philadelphia. I guess we should put that in past tense, correct? Yeah. It'll be the, the toast of Philadelphia till week one. That's right. Yeah. You gotta gotta keep providing those results. Former uh Northeast standout, of course, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. He was asked about the expectations of this year and how the Eagles continue on this championship road. You know, I felt that uh, uh these uh these three days would be beneficial to a lot of the players uh, coming off of last season. Um and, and really just have three, uh, three more days of rest, you know, and, and uh, it, it was a little bit, a little strange, uh, even for, for coaches, because we're usually, you know, three days in, four days in, you know, um, from that standpoint, but uh, just uh, decided to, to uh, you know, give the guys some extra rest. Do you have any other plans to change? You first had the whole group together. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, those are, some of those are, you know, private internal conversations, but, you know, bottom line is this, I mean, Obviously, we need to embrace, uh, you know, winning, embrace the success. We need to learn from it. Uh, we need to get better as a football team. Um, we got to focus on one day at a time, you know, as we take uh, training camps long. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're, building, we're building this thing one day at a time. We're building to the, to the start of the, you know, the season. Um, and, and so they have to, the players and coaches have to embrace it and uh, kind of own up to it, you know, that, that we're going to get everybody's best each week. And, it's going to start in a couple weeks, you know, uh, with the first preseason game. For you personally, after ultra competitive, that does want to play. Right. I mean, it, it's it's a little tough, but at the same time, uh, I'm listening to to Carson and his body. I'm also listening to our, our medical staff and our doctors, and and um, you know, it's a lot like uh, with really any injury. You know, I want to make sure that he's really comfortable, and and uh, we're not pushing the envelope with it. Be patient with it, um, but at the same time, just give him enough work that. Uh, you know, he feels comfortable when, when that time comes to, uh, uh, you know, move into that spot. Kyle, we're a little over a month That week one game. Yeah, a lot of time. Six weeks, a lot of time. A lot of time. And, uh, you know, we're still evaluating everybody. And uh, there's – I can't tell you exactly when that's going to be during camp. Um, but but it's – it's it's going to be – it's going to be – I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna push him. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna put him in. A, he and I are married to this deal. You know what I'm saying? And uh, um, his long-term health, obviously. I want him to have success in this league for a long, long time. And and I want to make sure it's right. You know. And I, it's hard to say when that time is. All right. Speaking of Carson Wentz, there, and of course his comeback uh, during Sunday's practice, he did seven-on-seven seven drills. Did not participate on eleven-on-eleven 11 activities. Uh, Peterson then was kind of pushed a little bit on what is the plan for uh, Carson Wentz says it's done on a weekly basis, not daily in terms of evaluating him. 
He's kind of on a pitch count. His extra rehab work is factored into the plan. And then the thing that I found the most fascinating, the Eagles use technology, GPS trackers, to develop their plan. Peterson says, does that make sense? I'm trying to make as much sense as I can so you don't ask me another question. <laughs> so this GPS thing, uh, so it's, it's hard to tell whether or not he's completely healthy in his return to form by naked eye, they said. So they use this GPS tracker, and they compare it to a baseline of performance they used last year with that GPS tracker to see how it compares to last year's training camp performance for Carson Wentz. Oh, the technology. Yes. <laughs> this would blow people's minds, you know, half a century ago. Yeah. yeah um, that's that's the question, big, biggest question right now. Is, yeah. is he healthy? Can he play? Will we see Nick Foles week one? It's a pretty good problem to have, though. Yeah. I mean, you've got a guy who just won a Super Bowl. I think he's capable of, of you know, carrying the torch until Carson Wentz is full. And it helps because you're not rushing yeah. Wentz back. You can take your time. And you can fully evaluate him, and because this is the future of the franchise too, you don't want to rush this thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good problem to have, like you said. Uh, the biggest news related in Northeast Louisiana with the Eagles, besides Doug Peterson, was the fact that uh, Paul Turner getting another shot in the National Football League, the former West Monroe, Louisiana Tech standout. He signed with the Eagles, of course, a couple of years ago. He was with them in the preseason; was outstanding. Uh, Went back and forth between the practice squad and on the active roster. Paul uh, was with the Saints for a couple months before he got cut, what, uh, two weeks ago? Yeah, I actually think it was a little bit longer than that. Yeah, it was just tough to make that roster, uh, so many wide receivers. So uh, Paul Turner getting another chance with the Eagles. As for the Saints, uh, the training camp does continue to roll along. Another, what, a couple days in the books for New Orleans. Sean Payton addressing the media on what he's seen so far from his Saints. Today, these first two practices are without pads, so it's a different type of practice. I um, thought we got good work in, and uh, you guys will stay out and do some individual stuff. Sean, your assessment of what you saw out there, the competitiveness and, and Yeah, it was, tempo. it was good. The tempo was good. Um, you know, I, a lot of it's uh, the teaching part of what we're doing, and uh, – but no, it was good. More like an OTA, if you will. Mickey was talking about, you know, how Max Unger has been, you know, such a steady hand for y'all. I mean, just what have you thought of him the past few years, and how is he more of maybe the leader of that group now? Well, look, he's a veteran. Uh, he's, he's exceptional in regards to his preparation for the game. Um, certainly one, one of our team leaders and one of the leaders in that room uh, and a very good football player. We're glad to have him. I mean, uh, he's been a big part of what we're doing and, and what we've you know, accomplish and hope to accomplish. So uh, he's playing well. Did the dynamics of that group change at all when you go from a vocal leader like Zach to, you know, a... I think each year, each year, every time there's an addition or subtraction, there's there's always a little bit of a change. And yet um, that that room in general has been good here for a while. Sean, what did Tony Sperano mean? He meant a lot. Um, he's a close friend. Uh, we worked together for three years. In Dallas, we were hired on the same day, and uh, his office was right next to mine, and, and probably one of the, you know, two or three closest friends I had in in the game. Um, he's a tremendous coach, uh, a great, great person, great with his players. Um, you know, it's it's sad, and uh, you know, it's 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 something that still seems a little bit surreal. Um, we're, a group of us will go up there tonight. 
uh, and be at his funeral tomorrow. Um, but a, a great guy. He spoke to our team the day before the Super Bowl. And we practiced in Miami on that Saturday on the field. Um, it was more of a light practice. But afterwards, he shared a few words with our players. And uh, he and his wife have always been close friends of my family. And, uh, you know, he'll be missed. Did you try to bring him here? Uh, yeah, several times. Several times. Uh, quick correction, I was wrong. Paul Turner did not sign with the Eagles and go back with his original team. He is with the Patriots. Yeah, um, and also SB Nation, who likes to have fun with sports, they came out with an article talking about this. Let me read you these two paragraphs real quick. The bad news for the Eagles is that the Pats may have found their new secret weapon. That's right. New England has signed former future Hall of Famer, wide receiver, and Eagles preseason legend Paul Turner says the last NFL team to have Turner in their training camp, that was the Eagles who went on to win the Super Bowl. With the clock ticking up there in New England, the Pats are resorting to trying to copy the champs. Mm. thought that was funny. Uh, right up uh, by uh, Boston Sports here. To have a true shot at making the roster, Turner may, need, may give them depth at the position to whether if he's fully healthy, this would be a tough spot for a newcomer to crack. Turner may also need to make some noise in the kicking game where he's experienced as a kick and punt returner. Then they kind of rattle off all the names of the receivers already in camp and said those players shouldn't be shaking in their cleats because of Turner's signing. So Paul Turner, though, getting another opportunity with the New England Patriots. Hopefully he can prove a lot of doubters wrong. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little uh, college football. The voice of the Warhawks, Nick White, will join us. I'm sure we got a question or two. Also with the Cowboys. The Morning Drive is back after this. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. We always love catching up with Nick White, the voice of the Warhawks, on Monday morning around 8.30 or so. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. Nicholas, how are you doing this morning, bud? Hey, doing uh, doing good. Doing good. About to flip that calendar over uh, over to August. Uh, what? Uh, one month from today. Uh, kickoff, is that right? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. July 30th to uh, August 30th. So it's, it's here, man. It's... Uh, it, it's a bonus uh, coming on us like a like a roaring lion, no pun intended. Uh, but the lion course, coming uh, in on the thirtieth, yes. you know. But it, I got it. It was well done, well played there. Yeah. Uh, practice yeah. starts on Wednesday, uh, Nick. So Sunbelt Conference uh, Media Day, and we played some mm-hmm. clips from David Griffith and Marcus Green. Is it safe to say for those two, they were probably better than any other student athletes down there? You want to talk about great representatives of the university i don't know if you could get any better than those two they were tremendous and i mean that one they were well dressed i mean you, you look good you, you let's say you look good you play good when you look good you, you you perform well and they did but yeah i knew i knew those guys were going to do great i mean i've been around them uh, i heard david uh, speak last year at, at quarterback club and just kind of hearing a little bit about you know his background and, and wanting to become a, a, a police officer and, and go back to his hometown with his background and his family. Uh, you know, so well spoken, uh, great personality, charisma, and, and and Marcus. You know, you know Marcus uh, is handling you know a lot of the hype so well, and um, and, and with a good mindset and, and you know and, and it's well deserved hype. It's not. I don't, I don't consider it hype. It's well deserved. I mean, with with the season that he had last year and. Um, but he also understands that he's got to go back it up this year. And, uh, you know, every coach down there, 
uh, that we talked to, uh, they talked about how great you know Marcus Green was and is, and and, and how he's going. They're going to be. He's going to be a focal point of, of you know each team trying to trying to shut him down. But you know, I, I, Marcus sat in with me for an inning uh, last year during a baseball broadcast, mm-hmm. and, and just tremendous. And and you know, he, he's going to be a great ambassador for this football team this year. And uh, they both just just handled it, handled it all uh, with with class and, and had a great time and. You know, did, did with two, two student athletes going into their, their final season or are supposed to do with their media day. They, they went and, and represented well, but they, they were loose. They had fun. And uh, that's what you're supposed to do whenever you get those opportunities. They did a great job. All right. Uh, when you go to a media day like this, there's a lot of people you talk to, a lot of different snapshots and things that you take away from it. I'm sure it was a little odd not seeing uh, Hud Smith and his guns walking around. Uh, was there a coach or two that kind of stood out to you the most or, or a story or two that kind of you're like, wow, I, I did not know that? Well, I mean, I, I think that that's where you got to go is where, where Lafayette went. I mean, they, they went, you know, basically complete opposite as far as their coach and, and Coach Napier. I mean, whenever we talked with him, and, and you, you've interviewed uh, uh, Hudspeth many times, um, it was just completely different, and, and his demeanor and the way that he carried himself, um, just completely different. And, and so you, you can understand why they're having some success on, on the recruiting trail, just because of uh, of the way that that he kind of handles himself. He he, he doesn't seem like he's kind of unassuming. Um, you know, I talked with Jay Walker, uh, the Cajuns uh, broadcaster, and he said, you know, he, his his demeanor is the same. You know, here or you know, on the recruiting trail or out on the practice field, he, he never really gets too high or too low, and you could really see that whenever you talk with the guys. So um, I thought that was to me one of the biggest takeaways is just the, the complete 180 that they went uh, with as far as their head coach, and that's usually what happens whenever you make these kind of changes and uh, you kind of go from a, a, a totally different personality there. And uh, so that was a big takeaway. Um, Obviously, uh, you know the the other uh, you know biggest storyline was was I think just the championship game that is finally mm-hmm. here and, and you know I think the, the question marks that are there with it and, and the excitement there that's there with it I think there's still you know a lot of lot of uncertainty as far as how much revenue is going to be generated from it but uh, you could tell that that all the coaches you know and, and the players especially whenever they unveiled that belt. Uh, the MVP belt, the players that were there, you saw a, mm. a big twinkle in their eye. They were all they all got giddy and excited. They were all kind of ribbing each other, saying, well, I'm, I'm coming to get this. You know, we're going get to get to this championship mm. game. I'm coming to get this belt. And uh, that was cool. I mean, that, that was a cool thing for them to unveil. And it, it got them a lot of a lot of national publicity as a result of it. And, and you know, some, some national people, it's like they can't even, they can't even grasp or understand, you know, they've, like, oh, it's a gimmick and everything. You don't understand. You know, the belt is in the name of the conference, you know, and, mm-hmm. and their nickname is the Fun Belt and all this. So it was only natural to come up with something cool like that. And, and I imagine there'll, there'll be other conferences, maybe even professional leagues, that might even, even follow up with mm-hmm. something like it. So a uh, great, great idea by, by the folks there in the league. And doesn't it make sense and sense the fact that they're not going to have a neutral game championship for at least the first year and play it on the side of the team that has the best record? Yeah, I think I think uh, as I understand, two years. They're going to try it out for two years and, and see 
how it goes. And you know, the interesting thing, let, let's take for for example, uh, let's just say hypothetically, Appalachian State and ULM, they they are to meet for the Sun Belt Championship. And I'm only using them as an example because they're both you know out of division, and they don't play each other this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there is a tie-breaking scenario there, but it, so they end up with the same record as well. Uh, what's the what's the tie-breaking scenario? And I'm sure it has something to do with the college football playoff ranking or something like that. But um, you know, m- most of everybody else, you're, you're going to play each other, so you're going to have that head-to-head tiebreaker. Uh, but I think it's a great idea. Um, it is going to be a challenge for the, the team that is hosting. Uh, it's almost, uh, and, and it is going to be a challenge for the team that's traveling too, because uh, the dynamic of, of trying to trying to secure travel for a, a football team is much different than than any other sport. Um, so having to flip that thing around, you know, if if it comes down to the last weekend, you know, if, it, if it's already decided, you know, a couple weeks ahead, then it'll be a lot easier for the traveling team. But but I imagine it's not going to going to be that way. It's going to come down to the last weekend. So. There are going to be some dynamics that are going to be tough to deal with, but, you know, I thought it was cool whenever they talked about the opportunity to really set up uh, some extra tailgating at the home site. And, you know, whenever I was talking with, with Commissioner Benson, you know, whenever he mentioned that in his address, I couldn't help but kind of envision, you know, their setup and, and what he was talking about, kind of like a game day-like atmosphere. Now, he never said game day was coming, and, and be foolish to think that would be the case, but a game day like set up there and I was sitting there thinking how cool would that be to be in the Grove I mean that'd be a great setup a great place to be able to do something like that so um you know I think it's got got the opportunity they're going to have a pretty good TV slot according to to what was reported and mentioned down there as well and so um you know it just kind of added a little more more excitement and juice for the 10 teams competing for that that Sunbelt and inaugural conference uh championship game title Nick White, the voice of the Warhawks, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. Nick, I, I know in years past, and especially with a number of ULM teams, when you talk to coaches and others around the league, they were literally giving lip service to the Warhawks about you know their expectations for them and what they thought of them. You, you probably you could sense something a little different this year, not to put words in your mouth, just the respect that now Viator in this program is getting. Yeah, you, you could, and and, and you know, I think it's great. I mean, I think it shows the the, uh, the strides that this team has made. You know, in just two short years, I think they're ahead of schedule. And, and you know, if you want to you want to do a, a comparative analysis, I mean, Texas State made a hire at the same exact time as, as ULM. And you know, I think if you, you polled everybody in the league, uh, anonymous poll, um, I think they would say that ULM is is light years ahead of, of Texas State at this point. And and, and, you know, whenever you, you consider the resources and what Texas State's got as far as budget and, you know, you know market and all those different things compared to what ULM's got, um, I think that, that just goes to show you what a job that, that Coach V is doing and his staff. And, um, you know, they're no-nonsense. I mean, they, they just, you know, but doesn't complain about what he doesn't have. He, he goes with what he's got and deals with what he's got and just tries to put the best football team together that, that he can and you know the, the record hasn't been great over the last two years I, I try to I try to bring that perspective on every interview that I, I, that I did last week down there you know the, the record still was four and eight last year but mm-hmm. you know they're, they're catching the attention because of the offensive numbers that they put up and the fact they're bringing everybody back and 
you know, that, that's really scary for every one of those teams that are inside the league that they're going to face off with. So uh, I think it's, it's well-deserved. Um, I think that, you know, there, there's every reason to believe that uh, this team should be very good offensively. But let's also understand there's a year of film now out on Caleb Evans and Marcus Green and all these other guys. And let's not think that these coaches, that especially that, that knows that they're playing them, they haven't been studying that film. And, and you know, and, and you know, Coach Kubik and, and Coach V and the offensive staff are going to put in other, other wrinkles in there. But let's not think that those coaches haven't been studying that and trying to come up with a game plan whenever they know. They all kind of come up with a, a base game plan for every game on their schedule uh, during the off season. So, um They've all been studying them as well, and so they're they're going to try to try to come up with a way to try to shut them down. But it's going to be awfully tough. Big news over the weekend, of course. Uh, John Bailey Gallette from West Monroe, the two-time five A Defensive Player of the Year, is going to be a Warhawk. You have to feel like this is a win-win situation, uh, Nick. The fact that uh, they get JB over there and also maybe open up a few more doorway doors for uh, the connection between West Monroe and ULM. You, you would hope so, and, and as I understand, Aaron, you can correct me on this, and I just kind of saw the official news, I guess, this morning, um, eligible immediately. Is, is that correct? Correct, yeah. I don't want to speak out of turn, so, I mean, yes. but, yeah, and I don't know how much that means. I don't know how much that's, you know, is it going to see the field right away? You know, that, that's, I doubt you, you know, Coach V even knows that right now, and Coach Collins, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's good to get a, a, another local guy coming in and, you start looking at that roster, especially on the defensive side, and you start thinking about, you know, how many, how many guys saw significant playing time last year just from Washita Parish, and uh, it's, it's pretty impressive. And um, you know, you just throw another one in the mix, and if he can get in there and pick it up, and and you know, show show what he's made of, yeah, I mean, it, it'll certainly open up the the opportunities and, and the doors, uh, not just to West Monroe, but but at all the the different schools uh, here in the region to. Uh, try to continue to uh, get the players to come on over uh, across the bayou. Uh, Nick, of course, uh, training camps continue to roll along, including the Dallas Cowboys won't even get into Jerry Jones and that whole thing. But I certainly yeah. want to get your impression on this receiving core. Can Alan Hearns actually be the number one receiver for the Cowboys, and will that be a good thing? Uh, yeah, he can be. Uh, I mean, well, Will he be? I, I don't know. I don't know if they'll they'll name. I mean, I guess they technically they'll have to come up with a you know a depth chart and well I don't know. I guess they they don't technically name a number one yeah. receiver whenever they come up with their depth chart. So uh, it may be wide receiver by committee. Um, but you know he, he was pretty good at Jacksonville. I mean you know that they, they weren't a bad football team last year. So. Uh, I, ho- I hope he can come in here and, and thrive in this offense. Um, you know, Cole Beasley is, is not going to be your number one, but he's certainly a good weapon. Uh, I mean, I'm concerned as far as your safety blanket now that Whitney's gone. You know, is Jeff Swain going to be the guy? Rico Gathers, can, can he finally get out there on the field after being injury-riddled over his time? Um, you know, the, Terrence Williams. I, I would say Terrence Williams would have your better – opportunity to, to be your number one guy than, than maybe Hearns. But, you know, Hearns was, I guess, your, quote, big name uh, off-season pickup at that position. So, um, you know, hopefully they, they can all over-exceed expectations and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of shut uh, some of the noise up that's uh, coming up outside. Hmm. 
Nick, certainly appreciate the time, man. Looking forward to uh, practices getting underway oh. this week for you, Ellen. I will say this, and certainly I did reference some of the noise, and Dev did himself no favors this week. But shame on the headline writers. I listened to the interviews. I listened to what Stephen Jones said, and you know they certainly baited. Not 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 Stephen Jones, but you know whoever put out the headline for Sirius XM NFL Radio. They certainly baited Des Bryant because. Uh, he very, very, um, uh, very surely said, you know, without Dez and Jason Witten uh, in Dak's ear all the time, and then he backed it up by saying they're they're competitors, they're going to want the football and and all this. So um, once again, you know, it was a quite a quite a quite a contrast, you know, the way Jason Witten and I don't know if that was Jason Witten had a great. Uh, article on ESPN about you know Twitter being poison in the locker room, and I retweeted it, and I think it was a great article versus you know how Dez handled it. But I will say shame on those folks for basically baiting Dez into that. But um, he did himself no favors. A guy who's unemployed is going to go off like that. Uh, the other 31 teams, I'm sure, saw that and said, "Ooh, I don't want any piece of that." That's for sure. Yeah, and at this point, you think it would have humbled him a little bit the fact that he's still out there looking for a job and i can get it i mean no you, you don't like to see a headline but if mm-hmm. i was dead i would have went and listened to the quote or listened mm-hmm. to what was actually said before i mean you, you got to go i mean the same i used to say this for for all those years doing talk radio and people would Aaron, you hear it all the time jake you hear it all the time oh, i can't believe you said this on it well did you hear it did, did you hear what i said well, no, uh, somebody said, then you need to listen to what was said and then come back and talk to me about it. I said, but if you didn't hear what I said, then I don't really want to entertain what, what somebody, third per, you know, third person down the line told you that I said. I want you to hear what was said, and then I'll have a conversation with you. And, you know, Dad should have went and listened to what was said and then maybe had a, a, a more, you know, calm, cooler response to that but yeah he did himself no favors and um man you know you just sit there and you read it and you're like man you stop you know, take take it twi- somebody somebody around and take his twitter away from him you know but <laughs> you live and you learn and uh we'll, we'll see if he, he eventually gets picked up but uh i got my doubts i certainly do appreciate the time nick all right guys thanks nick white the voice of the warhawks joins us every monday morning around 8 30 or so Take his Twitter away. Yeah. Athletes shouldn't have Twitter. Yeah, that's, that's what right. the whole theme of the show is. Yes. Don't have Twitter. 888-993-7762. Coming up after the break, our parting shots. Welcome back to the show. Jake is all fired up as we hit our final segment of the day. It is called Parting Shots. Most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. Our parting shots are clean and spontaneous. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Nothing is off limits. That's the stupidest question you've asked today. Of course we don't have any computers. Our fearless hosts. But they are who we thought they were. We'll pull no punches. I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your Time to hand out some knowledge. What else do you want to know? Parting shots as we attempt to end with a bang. I love you guys so much. Bourbon Street, watch out. All right, Jake, I'll start first with the worst story of the weekend. 
Oh, don't. This this really is going to sadden folks. Like it is you, sad. You told me this when I walked in, and it yeah, it, it messed up the whole show. Yeah, it's a horrible story, man. So Jabari Bailey's dream has always been to play college uh, football. He was driving to a Tuskegee uh, University, report to training camp with a solid shot to become a starter as a junior. He stopped on the side of the road on July 11th in a Memphis suburb to help a stranded friend get his car restarted. He was standing between the cars with his head under a hood, hooking the cables up. That's why he never saw a car driven by Frank Smith, 47-year-old driver with a history of driving offenses, slam into the back of the one of the parked vehicles, trapped Bailey in between the cars. They had to amputate one of his legs. Horrible. Uh, no skid marks uh, by the car driven by Frank Smith. Yeah, awful. Yeah. Worst story of the weekend. Yeah. Jabari's father uh, told WMC-TV in Memphis, my initial reaction was be grateful for the life of my child, and I still got him here. But he goes on to say, I'm going to make sure that guy that never hurts anyone else on the road ever again. Good. He never hit the brakes. There were no skid marks. Mm. Horrible. All right. Sorry, Jake, but it just it's one of those stories. And it's, yeah. There is a GoFund uh, account that has been set up in compliance with NCAA rules to uh, help uh, Bailey with the expenses that go beyond uh, rehab and any other related expenses. All right, Jake, go ahead. All right. Well, thanks for bringing us all down yet again. All right, so I'll go with a lighter touch. Um, there have been some bad uh, social media moves this past weekend in regards to baseball. The MLB itself is a part of that. So Otani meets with Ichiro uh, before the game. They, they they share a laugh. It's a pretty cool moment, yeah, right? It's awesome. Well, MLB takes a picture of it, and they post – uh, with uh, in parentheses, Spider-Man pointing meme. Now, for those who don't know what that is, usually when someone is, is kind of contradicting themselves, and uh, or, or two people who look the exact same, they post this meme of it's a car- old cartoon of Spider-Man pointing at another Spider-Man, basically saying they're the same person. So, as you can imagine, this didn't go over well. Uh, it's very racist, like just, just because it's two Japanese guys standing there, you post that. So MLB quickly deleted that, but not before a couple of screenshots. And, uh, yeah, just social media done very, very poorly. Now that, I think that has great reason to get on them about, unlike some of the others. Now, another thing I wanted to bring up, Aaron, and the audio Unfortunately, we don't have the audio, but I'll read it to you. The Dodgers and the Braves played this weekend, and the Braves announcers were not thrilled about the Dodgers' attire for batting practice. They were a little sloppy, according to them. This is what they say. You know, this is Chip Carey. You know, I grew up in the Dodger organization, and I certainly was taught how to play professional baseball and how to do things the right way. I want you to look at some things going on today at batting practice here with the Dodgers. What do you see? You see T-shirts. You see Chase Utley with no socks, pants up over his knees, a t-shirt. This was prevalent with their whole team. Won't someone please think of the fans? He says, and I think about fans that come to SunTrust Park who are Dodgers fans. They have no idea who any of them are. Nobody had any kind of uniform or 
uh, on or a Baton Practice shirt with their name on their jersey. They looked very unprofessional, and I think I can say this because I know what the Dodger organization is all about. Mm. Is this one of those get-off-my-lawn moments? Yeah, certainly. But baseball's funny, man. You know, baseball's very traditional. They don't like to uh, do things too different or, you know. I, I think me personally, I can understand why Dodgers fans are upset at this Braves, Braves announcer. And, of course, the players are, too. They've been tweeting some funny stuff, kind of making fun of it. But uh, how do you feel about it, Aaron? Uh, Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, is pissed off about it. Says, I take it personally it? when someone questions our professionalism. And, of course, then the Dodgers uh, announcers take shots at the Braves, saying it was unprofessional for them to point that out. And they should have bigger concerns right now with Atlanta. Yeah, and someone fired at Chip Carey on social media, and he, his response was, I'm not the guy taking BP and Capri, mimicking pants, no socks, and no uniform. My partner merely pointed out, only MLB team he's seen to be so non-uniform. Why not wear MLB-issued BP jerseys with names on the road so paying customers know who's who? Lighten up. The Monroe Majors will be dressed to impress tonight. They are 2-0 in the Dixie Majors World Series. They will play tonight at 7 p.m. There are games out there at the Storgen Complex today at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Monroe drew the bye. That is why they've advanced all the way to the 7 o'clock game. They were off to a great start. Uh, late last night, they take care of business. They beat Alabama 2 to nothing. This was a pitcher's duel. It goes all the way to the eighth inning and then the top of the eighth. Uh, Will Heath hits a two-run shot to give them the lead. That is your final score, 2 nothing. Monroe, 2-0 in the Dixie Majors World Series. Former Washtenaw Parish stub Will Heath coming through in the clutch. Well, what we got going on tomorrow? Gus Cattengill will join us for his weekly visit. We'll have some four downs, talk a little more football. And, of course, you. The Edge is coming up next. They are riled up. Looks like they had a wild and wacky weekend. They'll break it all down for you coming up after the break. Everybody have a fantastic day. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.